We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. All right, before we get started today, I wanted to talk about our title sponsor. You know who it is. It's Emprise Bank. They're the they're the ones. Uh, we said it last time. When's the last time you went to a bank? You just don't need to go to a bank anymore. But the most important part is how easy it is to access things online. How good is their app? How good is just the customer service, everything, where you don't have to go in every time? So it's unbeatable with Emprise Bank. That's who we use. That's who we recommend you use. Um, and we're pumped to be working with them. They are member FDIC. But with that, let's get into the episode. This is an episode we've been trying to get to happen for a while. He's a fan favorite, somebody that people have been hitting me and B turn up about, I feel like for years, being like, yo, you got to get this guy on. He he would mm-hmm. be great. And it's it's national champion, 2008 national champion. I'm glad we have to clarify that now. 2008 national champion Darnell Jackson. Darnell, how's it going? What's going on, man? I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it's yep, definitely yep. been a, it's definitely been a while because I know every time you know there's always something coming up with me trying to get on the show. But I'm happy I'm done. I'm on today. Yeah, love it. So tell before we get going, just kind of update everyone on what you're up to these days, kind of what you're doing day to day, living in. Mm-hmm. I think you're in LA, right? Yes, yeah, sir. I'm in California right now. I'm just doing. A little bit of NBA development with uh, Clutch Clutch Sports and uh, Just Hoops with Chris Johnson, one of my mentors. I had the opportunity to work with a lot of NBA guys and a lot of college guys. Uh, I had a, a handful of times flying in and out of L.A. to Philly, working with Ben during his whole process of, you know, trying to get him ready. But, you know injury happened and you know it it was a setback so it was just that was a great experience man i I love what i'm what i'm doing with these guys and and the the whole goal is to be on the staff one day and and i think we're going in the right direction with that 
Um, so we kind of we kind of talked about your recruitment last week. Um, so you were basically already sold on KU even before Bill Self got to Kansas, right? Right, right. Yeah, I was already sold, man. Like I said, sitting at home in the room at my grandmother's house at that time, and I seen you know Kansas pop up and Drew Gooden. He was doing an interview, and I think they just won the Big Twelve, and it was just something about Drew that drew me towards Kansas. But luckily, you know, my best friends, my brothers, Jeremy Case and J.R. Giddens, they were getting recruited by Roy Williams at that time. And I had the opportunity to travel with those guys a few times to go on their recruiting visits. And I ended up meeting Drew Gooden one day before a game. He was sick. I think he had the flu. And and they were saying he might not play. But he came back and he played. I'm, man, that dude, unbelievable. And I was just like, yeah, this is why I want to go to school at. And when I had that chance to hear that rock chalk, I was sold. I was sold. I was like, this is home. But, you know, Roy wasn't recruiting me. Then Coach Self, he ended up calling me, telling me that he was going to maybe get the job at Kansas. So my my choices was Purdue and Illinois. He called and said he was going to get the Kansas job. He said, you want to come to KU? I'm like, hell yeah, I want to come to KU. Like, who doesn't want to go to KU? Like, and, you know, I'm happy he made the right decision because the decision was out of me and Kalen Grimes. So I don't know if you guys remember him, but I'm, I'm, nope. I'm happy he chose me. So thank you, Coach Self. That's that's probably a good sign that uh, he made the right choice considering not to hate on the other guy, but I don't even know who that is. So I think, oh, uh, I think, I think Bill made yeah. the right call. But as you kind of mentioned, so you show up to KU um, – it's been like a year since Bill arrived, right? So he had just mm-hmm. started his first year at KU. You're kind of his first true recruiting class. Yeah. Um, but it's also like it was kind of a weird mix because you have half the guys, especially the leadership of that team, they played for Roy, went to two Final Fours with Roy. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the, the the foundation of the program at that point. You guys are the new guys. You're Bill Self guys. And I'm always mm-hmm. curious about those early years with Bill. Was like, was it ever hard to get everyone to buy into the same thing? Because you guys were Bill guys. They were Roy guys. Was there ever issues in practice that you saw or you felt like, man, they're just – they want to play faster than Bill wants to or they want to play different than Bill or – by the time you got there, did you feel like everything was kind of rolling pretty well to where there wasn't a lack of buy-in? Well, uh, yeah, like when I got there, I, I I think there wasn't any like issues. The only issue I felt was that you know Roy left, and, you know, especially you got Wayne, Keith, Aaron, Mike, you know, those Jeff, you know, those guys were Roy's guys. Then you know, Coach Self coming in, bringing his own system, his own DNA, and how he wanted guys to play like this is the way it's going to be um i think we figured it out kind of late but you see what happens man like you know the basketball guys went on our side and in the first round of the uh, ncaa tournament yeah so obviously oh two they lose to maryland the final four oh three they come up short in the national championship and then all those guys are basically back um in oh four so was it still like because I think you guys were a three or four going mm-hmm. into the going into the 04 tournaments? Was it still like Final Four, national championship or bust that year? Man, honestly, I felt like we were going to. I said it. I was like, I feel like we can win it all. It's just because of the way we were playing, and Wayne was just you know playing out of his mind. Keith was bringing everything. 
Aaron, Mike, those guys were so locked in. You know, even at that time, we had Alice Galindo. He was knocking down his shots. You know, like, think about that. So it's just like, I truly believe if Drew Gooden would have came back, they would have won. That's just my honest opinion. If he would have never left, they would have they would have won a championship. So who was a guy like when you think about your early years? And we always like to ask former players about like boot camp and all that stuff. And obviously the first couple months, I'm sure, playing under Bill Self are tough. Like who was Wayne Simeon, the guy you kind of went to for mentorship? Or was it I mean, we've had Jeff Graves on this show before. He's he's a wild time. I, I wonder, uh, was he a good mentor? Or was he getting you into trouble? No, like honestly, like the two, the, it was the two guys I really were under were Mike and Aaron. Okay. Like Mike, Mike and Aaron, you know, they they stayed on me more than you know anybody, and you know I, I really needed that because you know if if it wasn't for them two, there wouldn't be a block. You know, that's how I got my name, and and I fucking hated boot camp. You know, I used to get kicked out of boot camp all the time because I was being lazy, didn't want to run, but you know that just goes from not understanding going from high school to elite college like Kansas of the mental and the physical that you have to bring consistently every day. You know, high school didn't prepare me for that. But now if you see these guys, high school, getting these NIL deals and having the top trainers and conditioning coaches, these guys are basically getting ready for the NBA. They're going to college for one year and they're out. I wish I had that opportunity. You know, somebody basically showing me the process of like, yo, this is what you're going to go through when you go to college. I didn't have anyone like that, so I had to go through it myself and learn and take my bumps and bruises and my punches and my falls. But, you know, like I said, it was a learning experience, and I enjoyed it. So I'm happy that I did go through that because I ended up having a 14-year career. So yeah. what happens when you get kicked out of a boot camp? Like, are you uh, – because if um, I'm running, I'm like, I'm going to purposely get kicked out of boot camp so I can quit running. Yeah, so you you kicked out, then you have to make that shit up. I had to make it up. (laughs) And, you know, I I hated it. But, you know, I got it done. I got, you know, I got yelled at, cussed at. But, you know, that was just part of the process, man. And, and, you know, I don't regret any any of that. But, you know, at that time, you know, if you think back on it, like, damn, like I did let my team down, you know what I'm saying, not going through that grind with my guys. Yeah, so um, 05, 06, you guys obviously lose in the first round. 07, um, that amazing recruiting class with like Rio, B-Rush, and all them are a year Mm -hmm. older. Um, Do you think there was a lot of pressure on Bill going into that year, and did he coach any differently going into the 07 season? He was a lot – honestly, he was a lot tougher going into that season. Like, he was on our ass every day. Like, it was just no (laughs) – like, seriously, it's like no mental mistakes. Like, like no, like – Every little thing, miss, miss rebound, miss block out. Like, I don't know if you guys heard this story. Coach Self and Coach Hootie, man, they put a treadmill and a bicycle on, on the baseline and on the sideline of the court during practice. So every rebound, every miss box that block out, and every time your defender gets a foot in the paint attacking middle, you have to go run on the highest level for a minute. Like, he – like it was no mistakes, like perfection. Like it was just like he was grinding this man daily. And I was like, it was, there are some days where I was like, yo, I don't want to go to practice today. Cause you walk in, you see that damn treadmill sitting there on the highest incline. He was like, yeah, he's going to get on our ass today. But we needed that. Like, look, look what type of team we molded into, mm-hmm. you know, tough. Well, and grind, so we- second win. 
Was he not doing that with you guys before? Like, did he start that? Yeah, no, that no. He, he started that that year. Like, he wasn't okay. – like, the year my, – my freshman year, I don't know if you guys ever seen the video. Like, we had helmets and shoulder pads on one day because he, he told us we, we were soft. He's like, you guys were pussies. <laughs> so we walk in one day, man, I swear to God, it was helmets and shoulder pads right there. And we practiced the whole time with our helmets and shoulder pads on. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then going into the 07 tournament, um, I guess selection Sunday, you guys are the one out in California. UCLA's the two. Was that like a topic of discussion, or did you guys just go out and play and just deal with any obstacles? Yeah, we just, you know, we just went out and played, man. We weren't really worrying about anybody. Um, I truly believe that we we're going to beat UCLA at that time, but you know, they had Aaron Apollo. Had a lot of great guys on that team, and you know they just broke away that last, you know, little six six five minutes of the uh, of the second half. Yeah, and I think you kind of mentioned last time we talked a little bit, uh, which was, it was interesting that you made this comment. It you didn't feel like that 07 team was the team that was going to go win the title, right? Mm-hmm. Like you you no. kind of had you felt like that team was missing something, or, or why was it that you felt like? that team was maybe still one year away because, you know, like a, a lot of things happened during, during that, that time I was in school, as you know, that time, I don't know if you guys remember this, Brandon almost left. Mm-hmm. He's about to leave us, you know, God willing that he came back, you know, Julian left, you know, he was a great piece. Um, But I truly, like I told the media after the game, like I was like, we're going to be great next season. Like I just, I knew it. I felt it. It's just because we were all on the same page. Everybody bought in. And just the things that we were doing as a team, like it, it just felt right. You know, nothing felt mis, you know, misplaced. You know, you got guys like Matt Kleiman and, and J.K. speaking up. You know, these guys don't even really get the chance to play, but those guys were really being the leaders for us and being the voice for us when things were going wrong. Yeah, so I asked you I asked you about this recently, but oh that 08 team was obviously full of dogs. Russ Rob, which I feel like a lot of people kind of think he's a shy guy, but he's a little shit talker, it sounds for like. Sure, um for sure. Rio, B Rush, Shady, you, um, Sharon. So like how how intense did those practices get in the 07, 08 season? Practice is very intense, especially when Russell when Russell turned it up, like we definitely had to bring it. Um because Russell, he didn't, you know, he didn't take any, he didn't take any crap from anybody, especially if we, if we were slacking on the defensive end, he'll definitely get into you. Um, and actually, like, when Russ, he should have got a lot of credit for what he brought to the team, even though he did it, he didn't. But you know, if you just check check the stat sheets, man, numbers don't lie. You know, like he brought a lot, a lot to the team on and off the floor for us to be successful. I think Russ told us on a pod, he he came on the show like a year and a half ago or something. Mm-hmm. Was it you and him that almost like you almost full-fledged gotten like a fist fight at practice? Yeah, it was like <laughs> he he was basically having uh, a shadow boxing exercise with me. So I'm just like, okay, everybody's holding me, but he's still swinging. So I'm just like, Danny Manning is bear hugging me and everybody has my arms locked down. And I'm like, I'm not even throwing punches. Why you guys are not grabbing Russ? But, you know, it was, you know, it wasn't nothing serious. You know, it wasn't no black eyes or bloody noses or anything like that. You know, just the moment, you know, just the heat of the moment practice, man. You know, I love Russ. And, 
you know, things like that. You know, you don't you don't hold a grudge on it. You just, you know, you shake it off and you get into practice. You come back the next day. Yeah. Um, so so getting into the 08 season, first game of the year. I mean, you've waited your turn for a long time. And I think I forget exactly who you guys played, but you were eight and nine from the floor, um, 21 points. How how good did that feel after waiting so long to play a ton? Uh, honestly, I'm gonna tell you guys too. I, I didn't care. I really didn't care. Um, I remember we were we were practicing, and, and Coach Townsend walked up to me, and he was like, "Hey, man, you wanna um, you wanna start?" And I was like, "I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm you know I'm good. Like I'm cool. Like I'm cool with coming off the bench." And he's like, "No, nah, like." He's like, I think you should, you know, you should start. Like, this is your opportunity. You haven't, you've been practicing well and doing great, you know, doing the things we need you to do. So I was like, you know, is the guys okay with that? You know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't starting. Yeah. And and he was like, yeah, like, it's fine. The next thing I know, you know, things end up, you know, going my way. You know, I was, you know, very grateful and thank you for that. But, you know, I had a motivation, you know, to play that way. And, yeah. And I think that was a question I had here is Sasha had been starting for like two years, right? Like he was the guy in 07 um, and you roll up and obviously you kind of touched on it, but Sasha seems like the best dude in the world. Like there, was he he happy for you? Did you, you guys talk about that or did you just kind of go? No, no, you know, yeah, we we and Sasha were roommates for a while and, you know, he never, he never showed any type of, negativity or talk down about me starting you know he was you know you, you just look on the film and the games man everybody's high-fiving me laughing you know it, it really wasn't about an individual stat or an individual accomplishment you know it's about the whole team and the goal is for everybody to get a damn championship and that's what we did yep so i think a game that we one of my favorite games from the 08 season, I think we bring this game up all the time when we talk to guys from the 08 team, but you kind of stand out specifically with it, is that Boston College game on the road. You guys have been good that year. You were undefeated, but it didn't feel like you kind of had that big-time signature statement win yet. And you guys go into Boston and just absolutely throttle them. Can't believe, can't, I think you had 25-9. and nine. Um was that kind of the moment where you guys were just like, all right, like we're better than everyone this year. Like if we just handle our business, we're going to win the whole damn thing. Um, it was, I had like, I had a, like a little mental breakdown before the game. Um, so, you know, when the wreck with my grandmother and, and my mom, you know, my mom, she never had the opportunity to see my grandmother until they opened the casket. And I and I asked, I'm asking, I'm like, yo, are you guys gonna have to keep the casket closed because she was crushed from head to toe? And they opened it, my mom goes crazy, and I just remember grabbing her and I whispered in her ear and I told her I was like, I'm gonna make it. I was like, I'm gonna make it. Then before we ran out the tunnel, you know, I just started crying and uh Rio see me crying and Coach Townsend see me crying. And he was like, What's going on? And I was like, I just need a minute, give me a minute. Then Coach Townsend told Rio, he's like, yo, stay back and talk to him. So Rio grabbed me, told me, he's like, hey, do this for your grandma. And I said, I got you, let's go. And yeah. that was just my fuel that whole game. It's just like every dunk, every point is just like this is for, you know, for them. Yeah, that's amazing. So you, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned the family stuff and all the things you went through. Like you went through 
as much as anyone can possibly go through in your time at KU. And I think I've read before, like you strongly considered leaving, right? Like you were just yeah. I, packed, I packed up. I packed. I packed the whole. The apartment was empty, man. Like I was gone, bro. Like I was not coming back. We wouldn't be having this conversation right now if yeah. if Coach Self and, and Coach Chalmers didn't come back and get me. I was done, bro. I was God honest. Like I was truly done with basketball. I was. I was gonna never pick up the ball again. Because I truly thought, like, man, like, damn, like, I just keep going through all this shit, bro. Like, like, let me just give this up, you know. Like, I'm, you know, I'm reaping the rewards of having a full scholarship, playing at the best, you know, school in the world, and you know, my mom and my family is just struggling back home. Like, I need to go back and help. And I just remember laying there, man, and my mom asked me, she was like, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And I was like, "Yes." And next thing I know, myself. Coach Chalmers, they come knocking on the door, man, and I'm just like, okay. He's like, oh, all right, let's talk. They come in the house, and the phone rings, and it was my uncle. And my mom said, your uncle's outside. He wouldn't even come in the house. So I was like, okay. So Coach Self, he's like, man, just go talk to your uncle. And he said, get in the truck. And I was like, all right. So we driving down Rose Street, man, and I said, I said, if he busts this right, I was like, I'm done. He made a right. And I already knew where he was taking me. He's taking me to go see my grandmother because the day she was born, I haven't I haven't went back. I was just too scared to go back and see her. Yeah. I mean, the day you know where she was buried, I was just too scared to go back and see her. Yeah. We pulled up to you know to the graveyard, and he was like, "Get out!" And he's like, "Go over there and talk to your grandmother." And he walked up behind me and he told me he was like, "You know, she wouldn't want you to do this." And you know, I just started crying. And he's like, "Let's go back and let's fix this so you can go back and finish school." And that's what happened. That's amazing. Um, so, so what were, I guess, <clears throat> what were Bill and Ronnie saying to you? Um, they were just telling me, like, you know, I'm not I'm not going through this by myself. They have my back. And, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, we all go through it. Like, like, I felt like I was going through this by myself because shit was just always happening to me. You know, if it wasn't happening to me, it was happening to a family member and, you know, brother or sister. And I just didn't, I didn't know how to cope. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know how to really open up to somebody because I didn't want anybody to try to feel, feel sorry for me or, or me using it as a crush, you know, just to get over on people. So I just kept everything bottled up, man. And, and I hated talking about it because I didn't want people, you know, to, to, to feel sorry for me. But, you know, he gave me a hug, man. And he told me, he was like, I'm here for you. And he was like, we're going to finish this together. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So yeah. you just you you turn around that night and you head back to Lawrence? Like how quickly were you back? Uh they gave me a couple days to come back. So I think I was at home with my mom for like two days. Then I came back. And what was the moment when you got back where you were just like, I'm so glad I made the decision to stay? Like or did it take a while? Or were you still kind of unsure? No, it, it, yeah, I was still unsure. It it took a while because uh got back, uh, we had practice. And, you know, I talked to the guys and told the guys I apologize. And, you know, and everybody just, you know, we all just did a, a big old group hug, man. And then just, and just feeling that energy coming from everybody, I was like, okay, like I can't, you know, I can't do this anymore. You know, I got to be here here for my brothers. And, you know, after the game, after the few games, I, I was playing well. And I was like, okay, let's, let's finish this up. 
it. Yeah, because because I was reading I was reading your letter to KU fans, and it sounds like junior year you were still kind of struggling um, mentally. So it's like, was it at that point where you just finally you just decided that you're going to step up and be a leader, and then like just going through all this family stuff? How much stronger of a person did that make you? Man, it oh shit, it made me concrete. Man, it's just going through all that stuff mentally and physically. Uh, I. I truly believe that it helped me become the person that I am today. And I knew that I had to step up at at some point for these guys because Brandon Durrell and Mario, man, they were always on me. They were like, man, Block, we need you. We need you. Like, you know, we can't can't give up on us. Like, when games come, like, you might have to be the guy that takes over for us. So I accepted that role from those guys. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that because if it wasn't for them, you know, I probably would have never had the opportunity to even sniff of being a pro, you know? Yep. All right. Well, I want to get in 2008 NCAA tournament run. We're going to do that, but something new we're doing. We're going to add a quick break here, go to a quick ad, and then we'll be back for the next part. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's get into the fun stuff, the stuff everyone wants to hear about, the 2008 NCAA tournament run. I mean, you guys come in, you have an incredible season. You had just – and actually, before we even get into the tournament, I want to talk about that Texas Big 12 championship game. That's another game. Like when me, B-Turn, other KU fans are talking about all-time classics, that was one of the most entertaining games we've ever watched. Like – when you're in that moment playing in that game, did you realize how special of a game it was and how legendary the performances we were seeing? No, I didn't. I didn't realize until after the game, so after we <laughs> yeah. won, because Mario, Brandon, Darrell, or even, you know, even Russ, like those guys played unbelievable. And yeah. especially Rio, man, the shots he was hitting that game, and he had like <laughs> he know. had around thirty, didn't he? But yeah, like I'm just like, yo, this dude is going nuts. You know, everybody's talking noise. DJ Augustine, everybody here going back and forth, and Rio's like, give me the ball. Like, man, that that game was very intense. Yeah. Do you have yeah. Do you have like a team that you remember, or a game you remember where it felt like it was the most, I don't know, the most shit being talked, or the most chippy game of your career? Or what? I mean, was it those Texas games? Because they were kind of they were. Big time program at that point. Memphis, Memphis. <laughs> okay. Memphis, yeah. man. Those guys, they were they were talking shit in the tunnel before we yeah. ran out. And I'm just like, yo, we're gonna bust their ass, bro. Let's 
Let's go. Joey Dorsey, CDR. They just, you know, they are just talking crazy, man. And I'm just like, yeah, we're going we gonna to get this one. Who was the who was the big dude that looked like he weighed like five hundred pounds? He's like the biggest guy um, in the world. Yeah, uh, Sharon said he was talking shit. Yeah, he was talking too, but you know, like, bro, you don't even play. Like, just stay in your lane, man. Stay in your, if you don't, if you don't get no time, you shouldn't be talking. Hender, wasn't it Henderson Niles or something like that? He had two Probably. last names, but yeah, yeah. So how um, because you guys, I mean, just as a group, you guys just seem super, maybe not cocky, but just like super confident. And just like you guys just messed well. Like, was that did that team have the best chemistry of any team you've ever played on? For sure. Yeah. Cause you know, we did everything together. Man. Went out, hung out, played videos again together. Like, like we saw just packing a room, man, and just take turns playing Call of Duty. Yeah. You know, I, I've never been a part of even playing in Europe or, you know, being with other Americans. Like I've never done that, you know, with a group of guys that we were just always around each other. Yeah, and then to follow up with that, like following the Texas game, obviously that game was incredible. I think, like for me, I know it's I know how hard it is to win a title, so I don't like to get my my hopes up too much. But mm-hmm. were you guys were you guys like super confident all year? Or was there a new level of confidence after that Texas game and how you guys were peaking late in the year? Um, yeah. So after we won, the 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 level of confidence definitely went through the roof. Like we we truly believe that nobody could, you know mess with us, um, especially going into the NCAA tournament. Like, we felt like we were going to just blow everybody out. Yeah, which you kind of did uh, yeah. up into the point uh, before the Elite Eight. And Man. I guess, actually, were you – I mean, I got to assume you guys took Davidson serious, but obviously Steph Curry was not quite – like, we didn't see this. We did not know Steph Curry was going to be what he is today. But, sure. like, how – it felt like you guys played tight that game. Like, was it because be, because we weren't we weren't focused on on Davidson. We were yeah. focused on Wisconsin because they beat Wisconsin, right? And we're all in a room, and everybody's like, "Okay, we're going to prepare for Wisconsin." Like, because we knew for a fact that they were going to beat these guys. And all of a sudden, yeah. you just see Steph go crazy. So we're like, "Oh shit!" Coach Steph rushed everybody downstairs in the lobby. <laughs> He was like, "Yo, we gotta prepare for for Davis. We gotta we gotta prepare stuff. Like we were not prepared because we really thought that we were going to play Wisconsin. And man, I mean, the start, I, yeah. It, um, I wanted hold to on, hold on, V turn. I have a, a follow up question on that. Like, have you have you ever thought about? Because I know I have. We we talked earlier. Bill loses back to back first rounds the first two years. Then he he loses an elite eight. And to think of how maybe different Bill Self's career goes if you guys lose that Davidson game, because he he hadn't been to a Final Four yet. He hadn't won a national title, obviously. Like, did you guys kind of feel that pressure with him, knowing, like, he had to get over the hump? Because at that point, KU fans were pretty were pretty tough to please. So at that point, people were like, all right, it's Final Four or bust. Like, did you feel any of that pressure? Yeah, hell yeah. Man, we, we felt it every day just because, you know, like he, Coach Self had this great resume, but you know, no championship, no championship. So if we if we lose that game, Coach Self probably wouldn't even be at Kansas right now. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just yeah. So 
we really wanted to do that for Coach Seth. Like, guys really bought into, like, yo, we got to get Coach Seth in here. We got to get him in. We got to get him in. That's, you know, that's all we talked about. And, you know, we pulled it off. And if, if Steph Curry didn't pass the ball. <laughs> take me take me <laughs> into that huddle. Like, was that huddle just don't let Steph shoot, that's it? Don't let him shoot. Don't let him shoot. Who was it that failed? Was it Brandon? I don't know. I think it was B-Rush that failed. Yeah. And Steph was wide open. He ended up passing the ball. So we're like, I'm sitting there. You see Coach Self's reaction. He slaps the floor, drops his head. I'm literally shitting bricks, bro. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, he's wide open. And brick. Like. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's one of those moments where, like, everything's different if that goes in. Yeah. Um, I wanted to circle back to the Nova game second round because we've had Sharon mm-hmm. on before and they they obviously had some beef towards Jay Wright. Um, mm-hmm. Did you like during the game, did you hear some of the stuff they were mouthing to Jay Wright and how motivated were those guys before the game? Oh, uh, no, I, I didn't hear anything, man. I, I just know I remember Sharon walking up to me. And he was telling me like, hey, he's like, yo, let's bust their ass. I was like, all right, come on. You know, but he <laughs> like whatever was said. Like, he was pissed, like, the whole game. So, I'm happy, like, those guys or whoever says something, you know, you just gave us fuel, man. Like, thank you. Yeah. All right. So, let's get in a little Final Four. We we talked earlier in the pod about how you were there when you were kind of – you had showed up right after Roy left. So, it was still fresh. The wound was still fresh. Mm-hmm. KU fans weren't really over it yet. Um, and I know there weren't any Roy guys on the team, but – I'm always curious, like, did did that – obviously, it was a big storyline, but, like, did you, 4KU fans, feel like we got to go bust our ass because this guy, he kind of betrayed – like, at that point, we felt betrayed, and obviously, it worked out really well for both sides, and everyone loves each other now. But at that point, it was still kind of, I don't know, fresh. So, like, what – for someone that wasn't playing under Roy but hears it from the fans and the program, like, how did that affect you guys in that game? Um. It affected everybody, man, just because, you know, before the season even started or even like the first day I stepped on campus, you know, you you hear the talks, you hear the rumors, you like that little was it the student newspaper, you know, you know, certain guys, including me, are getting talked about or how we didn't belong at Kansas and we weren't Kansas guys, all that. You know, that 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 definitely gave us a uh, a motivation of like, you know what, F everybody. Let's go out here and show them what we can do. Let's go out here and win. You know, Roy shows up in the Final Four. You know, it was it was great. You know, even though, you know, he has his Kansas stick on his chest. You know, he still loves KU. You know, he best, you know, like just imagine if he would have stayed. You know, you never know what would have happened. You know, but he passed the torch to Coach Self, man. And, and now, look, Coach Self is one of the – top did, coaches in, in, in NCAA history. Did you ever – like, obviously, you go into that Carolina game wanting to win, wanting to beat them, their number one overall seed. Did you ever foresee just destroying them in that first half the way you guys did? Yes. Like, is that the yes. best basketball you've ever been a part of? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Because I, I just got – man, I was just so tired of the media. They just kept hyping them up, man. Like, they were just like this dynasty team, like – so I'm sitting there hyping Tyler and Danny and all these other – Wayne and all these other guys. And I'm just like, yo, like, we got, guys, 
Yeah, Todd. Like, I'm like, yo, we got guys too that can go. Yeah. All right, you know what? Let's let's go out here and bust their ass, man. Let's let's show them what Kansas basketball is all about. From did the you guys kind of bully. Uh, I felt like you did. It felt like the bigs as a group kind of bullied Tyler Hands, bro. Which obviously yeah. that dude, that dude was yeah. a stud, but he was a dork, and it was yeah, nice he, to see you guys. <laughs> yeah, he was a, he, he's a monster. But I told Darrell and Sasha, I was like, yo, we like we're on his ass the whole game, yeah. whole game. Don't let him bleed. Was that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did that come from the coaches too, or is that just kind of between the big men, just kind of making nah, stuff on just, him? That, and... that was just us, man. Because you know, like I said, I got, I just got tired of hearing it. Like it was just, like yo, like they were, in, nobody was really giving us any, any of the bigs respect. Like it's just, like he was just gonna go out there and just kill us. Like come on, man. Like you gotta go up against me, Darrell, Sasha, and Cole. Yeah. Like, come on. Now. Did yeah. you? Like, come on. Did you – I mean, Cole, obviously, huge recruit. He was great at KU. But did you ever envision Cole doing that in such a big stage as a freshman? No, I didn't. Like, when Cole Cole, when Cole first got there, he was goofy, playing around all the time. <laughs> he Like, he never took anything serious. Like, I just felt like, okay, this is just a happy kid that's excited at being at Kansas. But, you know, when we left, man, he turned into a monster. So, like, I'm, I'm very happy for him. Um, so yeah, so you guys obviously get up 40 to 12. There's the famous graphic of Brandon Rush 12, UNC 12 picture. Um, did you, I guess, I feel like we, Ryan, we talked to someone on the pod that said they knew Carolina would make a run, um, in that game. Did you think that D block or, and did you guys kind of get tight or were you nervous when they did, uh, get it close? No, we, we, we weren't nervous, but Coach Self was nervous. But, um, <laughs> of course, they were going to make a run. Like, man, we were blowing them dudes out. You, you know how, how the game goes. The game is all about runs. And and we did get kind of lazy. You know, we, we thought it was over, but those guys kept fighting. Uh, Coach Self caught the timeout, chewed us out, and we went back out there and did what we had to do. Because, you know, those guys didn't have the win on the legs to keep up with us. You know, they were fighting too hard just to get back into the game. Yeah, I think that's what I can't remember. Maybe it was Sharon or somebody. It was like you guys, you were excited to play that fast, right? Like UNC mm-hmm. was the fastest team in the country. That's what everyone talked about. But like you kind of almost wanted to play that way. Whereas most of the time UNC was doing that, they were taking people, making people uncomfortable, but it kind of backfired on them because you guys just ran it down their throats the whole game. For sure. <laughs> All right. So you get to Memphis. You mentioned it earlier. It's it's chippy. They're talking shit in the, the tunnel. You guys are talking back. You both really confident teams. Um, just, I don't know, talk about that stage. Like, what do you – you're getting your name announced in front of millions of people watching, biggest game of your life. Like, how much – it it has to feel different, right? Like, as you're yeah. sitting there on the bench about to start, like, that game's got to feel a little different that adds to some – tenseness tightness as you mm-hmm. as you head out on the court to start that game just talking yeah that. just like you know usually like you know guys would be joking around talking but like that game you know everybody was quiet uh we were just focused man we we're just focused on on trying to win and, and and do what we had to do to get this you know bring that trophy home and started the game like you could just like you could just tell during like some of the clips, man, that you know guys were you know hesitant about taking shots and making a pass, and but you know uh, eventually things got the form for us. Yeah, Damn, we just started, then we started losing. <laughs> started losing, man, and I'm I, then 
I remember, I think it was, it was it Dorsey that got the offensive rebound off the free throw over yeah. Durrell. And they go back to the line. I look at Durrell and I say, bro, we just gave this game away. And he just shook his head. I was, and I'm just, I'm just sitting there like, damn, we just gave this game away. And they start missing free throws. So when they started missing, Self calls a timeout. I'm standing there. I'm looking at D Manning. He just has this huge ass smile on his face. And I'm just sitting there like, why is he smiling? You know? <laughs> and he and he's and he's and he's tapping me. He's like, keep your head up. I'm like, what? Keep your head up. And I'm like, why are you saying that? And he's like, because we're gonna win this game. And he just kept he just kept showing me his ring. He had his ring on. He just kept showing his championship ring from 88. He's like, wow, we're gonna win this game. Incredible. He's like, trust me, we're gonna win this game. So I'm like, all right, like I'm looking like this dude is tripping. <laughs> so we before we walk out of court, I I like glanced at him and he's still looking at me and he's shaking his head like we're gonna win this game. Game. So we go back out there. What I think it was uh who got that steal? Sharon and yeah. Russ in the corner yeah. back to Sharon in the corner for the three, and they miss more free throws. Then that's when we come down. We run the little shotgun play. I think that's the name of the play. Rio hits the three. Mm-hmm. So if you go back and you look, I'm the last one to walk off the court because I'm standing there like, I can't believe this shit just happened. <laughs> I'm walking to the bench and the man just sitting there with his arms and legs crossed, smiling. <laughs> so he was like, he said, I told you, I told you these black were going to win. And those guys were gassed. Like Memphis didn't have anything for us. Like we had our legs, we had our second win, you know, and we were deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, just, we, we took it over. That's what I was going to say, Sharon. We had Sharon on, and he talked about just going into the huddle after Rio hits the shot. And Bill was obviously still stressed. And uh, I think, or no, it, Sharon was just basically like, we're going to win this game, coach. Like, yeah. there's, we're not going to lose. And yeah. Bill kind of got pissed, and Sharon's like, no, we're going to win. And then no. Bill was like, all right, let's go. And he, you could tell Bill was like all in. And then, I don't, it's yeah, just we, crazy. Yeah, and that, Sharon. Yeah. Sharon Steele, I feel like, has got to be one of the most underrated plays in KU Man, history. huge. <laughs> then, you know, then, then you hit the three. Like, yeah. bro, like, balls. Like, big. Like, come on. <laughs> like, corner yeah. three. Shoo. And just the whole, the whole sequence of getting that ball to Rio. Like, it, obviously, Calipari looked like he wanted a foul, and Sharon was going to the floor, somehow got it to Rio. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, I mean, know. yeah, so – so you guys win that game. We know the story. You dominate over time. We, uh, but I, what we like to hear about, what well, we, we just had Mitch and Chris on, Mitch uh, Lightfoot, Chris Tehan on, mm-hmm. and they kind of talked about the 2022 celebration, what they did following that game. And we always love to hear, like, what did, were you one of the guys that stayed up all night, didn't sleep, or were you kind of just uh, enjoy no. the moment, not, um, not a, no, I wasn't. I like. I, I really didn't even. Enjoy, I didn't. I didn't enjoy it because I was still kind of like in shock that it was over. Because now I'm like I'm thinking to my like I'm in a room. Me and my, Matt Kleiman, we we were sharing rooms, and I was just like I told Matt, I said, "Damn, bro, like it's over." And you know, I'm just like, "What am I gonna do next?" You know, I didn't know what was next for me. All I knew was Kansas. You know, like that yeah. was home, and. And so he walked out the room and I'm still sitting there and I'm still sitting in my uniform and I'm just, I'm just shaking my head. Like, bro, like, what am I going to do? Then they come knocking on the door 
uh, Jeremy Case and then Matt and everybody come place. I mean, come out the room. So we walking around the hotel, and all you hear is whistles. Boop, boop. <laughs> <laughs> you see Brady and Connor running through the fucking lobby, soaked. <laughs> so I'm like, what is going on? Oh, we jumped in the the, the now the canal. The they river water, in, right? Oh, the river, the river water. water. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? And you just see security chasing them through the hotel. Oh, <laughs> uh, bro, I would never forget that day, dog. I was like, these dudes are crazy. It's My crazy. Next- it's crazy how, like, just locked in you guys looked even after the game. I was watching the – I'm just obviously a diehard KU fan, but I was watching the press conference of you guys just talking after the game, and everyone's just like – it's almost like you guys just expected to win it all year long. Yeah, for sure. You know, that was – like I said, that was the whole goal, man. It was just to win it. Like we we knew, like teams couldn't mess with us. We like we were deep. You know, we believed in the system. We believed in our coaches, and we you know we meshed, man. Like nothing was going to get between us from not winning that game. Yeah, and I love it. I was just about to ask you, like who who was the most wild guy on that team? Who got after it the most in the celebration? But it certainly sounds like probably uh, Connor and yeah. Brady take the case for, sure. for that. For sure, they take the cake. Yeah, get him two cakes, man. <laughs> All right. Get him two cakes. So, a few more things, and we'll wrap this up. I, uh, you, you were kind of mentioning it. You guys win the national title. You're sitting in your room, like, mm-hmm. what's next? What am I gonna do now? And I don't know if I just wasn't paying enough attention. I remember, I didn't feel like you were gonna be a guy that got drafted. Like, that wasn't. Yeah. Were you? Were you on draft board senior year when you got picked? I was. I was definitely on draft boards, but you know how the mock draft goes. It's just a mock. But when I knew I was going to get drafted, it was during the tournament and where I practiced, and we had Phoenix, Cleveland, and somebody else there. And I'll never forget his name. His name is Wes Wilcoxman. He was at Cleveland at the time, and he was there watching practice. And when practice was over, you know, Coach Self was talking to us, and he introduced us to the guy, and he was like, yo, you know, let them know who you are and where you're from and, and, you know, who you're here looking at. And he said my name and I couldn't believe it. So he was like, yo, we're looking at you. And I'm just like, oh, shit. So that right there gave me a sign of, you know, relief. Like, yo, I do have opportunity to play in the NBA. Like, so, you know, and they end up drafting me, you know. Yeah. Miami ended up drafting me. And, and, and this is the weird thing about with that. I could have been there with Mario. I canceled my workout with Miami because I didn't want to go to Miami and they still, yeah. And they still drafted me, bro. And I was like, I just, it was just, something was just telling me like, I can't go to Miami. And they drafted me, but you know, God willing, Mike Brown called and he was like, he was like, Hey, that pick was for us. You're coming to Cleveland. And I ended up in Cleveland, man, with the King. Yeah. I um, I got to ask. I'm like our third co-host. He's not on today, but AB, he, He's not a LeBron guy. I'm a big LeBron guy. Like, I, mm. I will say LeBron's the best basketball player of all time. I will make For that sure. argument. What I mean, do you got a good LeBron story or kind of like what's your what's your take on – just tell me about your time with LeBron. I got to hear it. Man, the time the time that I was in Cleveland with the King, bro, it was, it was a movie. Like, honestly, it was a movie because, you know, everywhere we went, cameras were around, celebrities were around. But I tell a lot of people this to this day. I have never in my life seen anybody do the things that he does for his mind and his body physically preparing for games, after games, and the conditioning and, you know, the off season. 
Like this dude is like he's insane. Three, four times, you know. Like who go works out four times a day? You know what I'm saying? Like who does that? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. there's like I I don't have energy for that. But like like the dude was so obsessed, man, of just being perfect. And he, you know, if you know, my son loves LeBron. He's never met him. And if if I wanted my son to follow somebody like to being a a great athlete, I want you to follow what he did in his career. Like the dude was just he was just amazing, man. And it shows he's still this amazing at this age. Like he you know, just takes care of his body and right. It's crazy. How many more years do you think he has left? I give him. I give him four. I give him four more years. Think he'll play with his son? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Or unless he unless he pulls an MJ, buys a team, he's up in the front office and then draft his son. He come downstairs and suit up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I can see it that. out. I yeah. guess um, Ron. We uh, so we've had multiple guests on before, Tyshawn, Sharon, and they. They always have amazing stories about Mizzou and K-State fans. So I was wondering if you mm-hmm. had any crazy stories about being in Manhattan or Columbia. No, man. I No. No, I don't have – like, Missouri can't – no. I was always just focused on winning, man. I Like, I, I do have <laughs> one story, but it was against um, Iowa. So I, this is uh, – <laughs> yeah, so this was my – freshman year so the fans were saying like some you know some racist things towards Jeff Hawkins and Michael Lee so you know they're dribbling doing a little dribbling passing the drill and all I hear and Mike say hey Jeff on the next pass move so the guy that was yelling racial <laughs> slurs bro like I'm talking about he ate it boom <laughs> so hard bro and I'm standing there like, oh, I, I, you know, I thought we were going to get in trouble. But, you know, he, the guy brought that onto himself. You know, like, <laughs> you're, you're, you're saying things you're not supposed to say. Like, it's just a game, bro. Relax. But yeah. that was only, one, like, one of the craziest stories I ever had, or, you know, or seen. Hey, Iowa, um, Iowa State, there, a lot of stuff's gone down when KU goes and plays at Iowa State. But Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to talk about I, – I know we already talked about 08, but just senior night, just like how emotional that was. And then obviously you guys beat Texas Tech by like 100. Just mm-hmm. talking about that whole day just because – I mean, you obviously went through so much when you were at KU. So what was it like playing in your last game at Allen and winning by that much? Uh, it sucked because, you know, I didn't, I didn't – you know, I didn't want it to be over, man, like – I'm like, damn, like, you know, we're leaving. You know, now we got to start the second chapters of our lives. And, you know, as young men, you know, we, you know, we got to figure it out. You know, then just having my uncle and my mom there see me play my last game in Allenfield House. It was special, you know, still being on the court with my guys. And, and you know, then we, we took care of business, like Russell said. He, he, Russell told the fans, he was like, man, we're going to bring the trophy. We're going to bring the championship home, and that's what we did. Yeah. Um, All right, so – or go ahead, b You got something else? I just wanted to talk about, like, just how KU, like, just in general is such a big family. Like, players from different um, eras, like round ball, you see older players, guys that just played, and then just seeing how happy people were to watch KU win the natty this last year. Mm-hmm. Like, how – 
obviously how happy and like how proud were you of Bill Self and them for getting it done in April? Man, I was super excited. I mean, I was at my son's baseball game trying to watch it on the phone. And when we started losing, like I turned my phone off. I was like, no, I'm going to turn it off. So when we got home, I turned the game on. And I had a lot of people calling, texting me, saying, like, Man, Kansas sucks. You guys are losing. And I was like, you know what? I said, it started the second half. I said, we're going to come back and we're going to beat their ass. And that's exactly what happened. So I try to call everybody back. Nobody <laughs> wants to answer the phone. And I'm just like, it was just because if you just look at the, the the path that, you know, the guys took in Coach Self, like they were just so close. They were like right there losing in the championship with T-Rob. And, you know, see T-Rob, he just breaking down crying. Like I truly believe if T-Rob would have came back, those guys would have definitely won next the, the next year. Oh yeah. You know, you know, I, I like, and I, you know, I believe in stuff like that. I believe in the universe. I believe in that everything happens for a reason. And, and you know, close self being close self, man. You know, gave those guys their speech at halftime, and they came back and did what they supposed to do. Yep. All right. So last thing, tell me, 15, 20 years from now, if you're if you are deciding, like, where are you at in your career? You you kind of mentioned earlier, like you getting into coaching, getting into player development, like mm-hmm. being on staff at KU, is that what you want? Or are you more of like a pro guy at this point? Like where, where do you want to be in 15, 20 years? 15, 20 years, I definitely want to be on – like I definitely want to be like having my own team. Like I want to be a head coach, winning championships. Uh, man, I would love to be at Kansas, you know, but that, you know, that will come hopefully later down in the road. But right now – you know, I'm just, you know, focus on what's what's happening right now. You know, I know Coach Self and, and Coach Townsend, and they have their staff, they have their guys, you know, who they're looking at for the future. Um, but, you know, I would definitely get in somewhere with somebody. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what I do best, man, and just bring that experience and the knowledge to the game and the consistency. Yeah. Hey, who knows? Maybe maybe Jeremy Case is the next head coach of Kansas. Hey, anything <laughs> is possible, man. They <laughs> love Case. Yeah, um, and I, I just wanted to say one more thing because our third co-host wanted to talk to you about this, but okay. you um, you will always like hold a special place, like just as one of our favorite Jayhawks. Um, I think it was like it was like third grade at KU camp um, mm-hmm. where you just you just came up and like hung out with us in the dorms and you were eating flaming hot Cheetos and stuff. Um <laughs> And like none of like you were the only player to like hang out with us and you were just like super cool with us. And that was like after all the stuff you had went through. And mm-hmm. we just obviously as kids, we just thought that was the coolest thing of all time. So Thank I you. had to bring that up because he wasn't able to be on tonight. But yeah, you I mean always like Ryan, talks about when Darnell brought up flaming hot Cheetos to the dorm room or wherever you guys were at in yeah. that basketball game. That's crazy. Just, yeah, I know. And so it's like, like Ryan said, to start the show, you're obviously a fan favorite just from all the stuff you went through and how hard you played and beating the chest after dunks, hitting free throws. Um, shit, you had a long ass pro career and obviously proud of you. And I'm thank sure you. a ton of KU fans are. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, uh, I'm, like I said, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy that I went through the things that I went through just because, you know, if I didn't, Early on, like just imagine if I was going through it now and not knowing how to grasp onto, you know, people that are around me that were showing me love or even trying to help me, you know, I probably wouldn't even be here today. Um, but, you know, I, I like 
man, that, that story is crazy. You know, I, I truly believe in treating people with respect. I don't care who they are. Like, I don't like, I tell even my young guys, you know, I even say yes, sir, to them. And they're like, oh, man, why are you always saying yes, sir, or slow motion? I was like, because for one, I respect you as a man. I respect you as a person. Now, until you do something that I don't like, then I won't, I won't, you know, I won't acknowledge you. I would just, you know, give you the cold shoulder, pass aggressive. Then me saying slow motion, like I'm not in a rush, man. I'm always on my time. You know, time is undefeated. So I always try to tell these guys, you know, take your time and what you're doing, man, even if it's just, you know, schoolwork or studying or working on your craft, man. You know, it, it takes time. Yeah, love it. Well, hey, I hope you I hope you get Ben Simmons back on the court. Man, hell yeah, bro. I can't wait. <laughs> he's coming back, baby. I'm going to tell everybody, yeah, Darnell Jackson's the reason he's finally back. It's been, what, a year and a half? Yeah, man. But, you know, he, I think he's he should be 100% right now. I know that, you know, he had his back injury when we were in Philly. You know, he was feeling, you know, a little bit of pain. And, you know, I'm just happy that he's back healthy, man. He's going to be back on the court soon. Like, so I'm, I'm excited to see what he does next season. Love it. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Like we said, we've been we've been wanting to make this happen for a while. So we're glad we finally did it. Um, this will be a fun listen for for the diehard KU fans that love to hear from the old players. So yes, we sir. appreciate it. Keep killing it in what you're doing, and and we'll hopefully have you on one some other time. Yeah, anytime, man. And make sure you guys get ready to look out for the B1 patch, the vitamin patch is on the way. Yes, All right. Sir. All right. Peace. Love it. Have Later. a good one. Thank you, D-Block. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.